Remember, ring the bells and open the gates. Your queen will execute you for this. If Daenerys can make it to the throne without wading through a river of blood, maybe she'll show mercy to the person who made that possible. Tens of thousands of innocent lives, one not particularly innocent dwarf. Seems like a fair trade. Welcome into DTC. Steve and Joe here talking about Game of Thrones. The penultimate episode aired on Sunday night last night on Mother's Day. And we lost, we lost one of the mothers of the show. And Steve and I will get into this. But, you know, Stevie, we've been talking offline about this show. We didn't, we didn't do weekly reaction shows here week by week. But overall, I've made it pretty clear on the podcast we've recorded and on the Twitter and on the WhatsApp, whatever. It's been a down season. It's felt rushed. It felt poorly written. It felt poorly executed. We had two episodes that seemingly were we couldn't see anything, and everybody was convinced that their TVs, their their thousand dollar TV or five thousand dollar TV, was the problem. No, it wasn't. It was the show was just shot in the dark. Basically, we had storylines that didn't make sense. We had character arcs that were being rushed to to be you know finalized. But I feel like honestly, last night's episode just fixed a lot of that stuff. Um, some of it we saw coming, some of it we didn't, but as we heard in the open, I mean, the, the, the line of the show to me, there was two probably that are one and one a one when Danny tells John that let it be fear and basically completes her, her transition into the, the new mad queen or the mad queen. And the second is the exchange between Tyrion and his brother, Jamie. I thought that was one of the best, maybe two or three minutes of the entire series, let alone the season where Tyrion basically goes in, relieves the uh, the unsullied of their uh, of their of their duty to guard the prisoner, goes in. They have this back and forth. He convinces Jaime to go get go get their sister out and try to save himself and her, his one true love. And he tells him, you know, tens of thousands of innocents versus one not so innocent dwarf. I, honestly, could be his best line. Best Here's line. Of Absolutely, and you just knew we were going to lose one of them for sure. Um, you know, but we can go through it like kind of bit by bit, but let's just go like episodes one through four of this season to me were disappointing. We saw things that didn't make sense. We saw tactical mistakes that we hadn't seen before. We saw, we saw a coffee cup that the whole world imploded over a coffee cup. I'm sure you're aware of that. And, you know, and there's a lot to be said about that, but what is your, you know, leave, leave aside the episode yesterday, just the first four of the season. Like, what were you yeah. feeling coming into last night? Well, well, yeah, we've been talking offline because I haven't gotten the invite to talk online, okay? So we've Don't, make the of Don't make <laughs> yeah, it I'm personal. Yeah, I'm just saying, okay? I, I feel like the Night King here, a sword in, in my heart is, is being thrust in. Um, I, I would, I think, number one, I think you're a little too kind to what we saw last night. I think uh might be a prisoner of instant reaction. I think it was good, not great. When you talk about penultimate, it when you compare it to the other penultimates of obviously uh, the Reigns of Castamere, which is the Red Wedding, the execution at Stark, uh, Hard Home, the Battle of Hard Home, things like that. Um, I don't think it lived up to that. And then when you go back to one through four, I think you got to separate out one, two, and three and four. I actually really liked four last week's episode versus one through three. I hated uh, one, two, and three. And, and in general, I think the show has become very predictable. I think when my wife who's been a fan of Game of Thrones of all of three years, can predict what's about to happen, I think you're in a bad spot. And I think it's just point in case of them getting ahead of the books. And I think we can really start blaming George R.R. R. Martin for uh, not being on his game. But I, I liked 
uh, episode four. I'll tell you why. Because Game of Thrones does two things really well, and I think that kind of moves into to last night's discussion. The two things they do well is these kind of extravagant, hyperbolic, kind of large-scale scenes. I'll tell you the scene I loved, episode four, was that opening scene where they burn the bodies of the fallen and Jon Snow, uh, yeah. Aegon Targaryen gave his speech. That, to me, I love when they do these kind of these extravagant kind of hyperbolic scenes. I think they do them really well. And then I think the other thing they do really well, which one, two, and three got away from, is that just regular banter of the characters. And I think we there's so many great moments throughout the seasons where Tyrion and Varys are on a ship and they're talking to each other or Jorah is, is, is you know, talking to Danny and having these dialogues or, or the people in King's Landing are, di- I think they and do the these Hound great and Braun or, and, and Jamie. There's exactly. so many of them. Yep. So that's why the, the episode, the, the, the scenes where they're partying and, you know, the, ha- the Tormund is going after Brienne or they're playing the truth or drink game with the Lannis, Jamie and Tyrion and Brienne. I thought episode four is really good in that. Last night, I think, like you said, I think uh, it, it didn't really hit either of those. I think that battle scene, they were moving along. Obviously, they're having to move along the script and they're having to kind of hurry things along to get to Danny becoming the Mad Queen. They're showing John, you know, coming to his senses, realizing it. I think the Arya stuff was setting up next week's episode, I believe. It has to be because it really didn't do anything there. I think. You know, the best thing that came out of, I think the best scene last night was the Clegane Bowl uh, by far. I think, I mean, when the mountain is harder to kill than the Night King, I mean, I think there's something weird going on there. I mean, so I think the Clegane Bowl, I think the way they inserted uh, Kyburn's death in the middle of it, I think was cool. And I love the way Cersei just walked past the Hound, just showing that the Hound had no regard, really completes kind of his story. He had no regard for the realm, no regard for the throne. He had one mission and he went after the mountain. And when he realized he wasn't going to kill him, at least cleanly, he took him out and, and kind of sacrificed himself for it. Um, we'll get, but I think so let, let's come back whatever. to that because that, that we'll, let's go as much as we can here in order because there's a lot that happened, right? And it starts, the sure. episode starts with Varus and he's sitting there writing and you know, like he had a special place in my heart, right? The, the master of whispers in our fantasy <laughs> football league, right? The, that's my guy and I'm known as Varus. I am the commissioner, but I'm also Varus. I'm the guy that makes things happen <laughs> behind the scenes. I hold all the truth. I hold all the cards and you know, master I I didn't expect him to see him go out the way that he did. I expected something to happen. I expected him to, um, to be confronted by Danny, but I expected honestly a little bit more back and forth. I mean, he didn't really have even a chance to close the loop with Tyrion. I mean, Tyrion just kind of went in and was like, Hey, you've been betrayed. Or she says, I've been betrayed. You know, Tyrion's trying to make this case that it wasn't John. She's pretty adamant that it was, and and that he's the one that set all this in motion. And ultimately Varys is the one that gets a, um, you know, the, the fire, the, the blowtorch to the, to the face basically and, and, and finished. So, it's hard to um, it's hard to see, like I don't know. I just expected a little bit more maybe for Vars coming out, but I mean it, it happened, right? And he had to go. He didn't have a, a path to the throne. He had outlived his his character usefulness, if you will. His character arc was kind of closed, and it. I'm not sure. Maybe you picked up on this because I I didn't at the beginning. He's sitting there writing something, and it says you know Rhaegar and this. Like you, you would expect that those got out, but then when he's coming to get um arrested and ultimately to be tried and, and and killed he burns that last one maybe because he just didn't want it to be seen I, i'm not sure um but I, I mean he was a good character from beginning to end 
you know, with or without his uh, his manhood, he he was a fantastic character, one that we had essentially from the first twenty minutes through almost the end. I mean, you had him as an underdog to win the the the, the Iron Throne. I I did, I did, you know, I I yeah, and I I'm I'm still alive with Samwell. I'm still alive with Samwell. I think there's still a there still might be a path. We'll do the conspiracy theory bit at the end here, but you know, for or- Varus, you know, it sucks to see him go. But even but, him and Tyrion. Tyrion was the star of the show yesterday. I know we'll get to the Mountain and the Hound, but Tyrion just, I mean, wow. And again, it goes back to my point. is The reason we love Varys and Tyrion so much is because they're so good at the banter. I mean, when those guys are on a ship together having dialogue, I mean, that, that entertains us for episodes when they're escaping King's Landing a couple seasons ago. So, yeah, I mean, Varys going out like that. But what I loved about that initial scene is Danny's face. When she turns around busted. and it, 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 bu- busted, <laughs> I mean, she went from a solid nine and a half to a good, you know, 5.2 right there. And, and, West and Virginia. She, <laughs> that, it, it was, uh, and so I, I love that. I, I love the little details, the way they kind of set that up. Um, She's not eating yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But we say goodbye to Varys. And then you know John finally arrives at uh, at Dragonstone. You know, and this this kind of just um, amplifies some of the timing things. Like, how did he get there? Like, it, it doesn't make sense, right? Because Braun went from King's Landing to Winterfell in like fifteen minutes. John's been sailing for like four days or four weeks or whatever it is. All the timing just got all messed up. But regardless, John ends up coming to Dragonstone. He has his exchange with uh, with um, with uh, with Barris. Fast forward a bit. Tyrion and and um, and, um, and and Danny have their conversation. Ultimately, you know, uh, Varys gets the barbecue treatment, and it, it's kind of over. From there, we get into you know this back and forth where basically Tyrion is pleading again for the innocence, and like it's just it's interesting to see him come full circle. Like he went from being uh, the dwarf of the House Lannister with ill regard or or maybe no regard for common folk, and now he's sitting here basically begging. Danny not to burn the city down and and to think about all the innocent people, which is just ironic because obviously she's she's the benevolent one, right? She's the one that like tried to save as many people and and they they have this interesting dialogue and he says like basically makes her promise if they ring the bell, like stop the attack and and I found it really interesting that Tyrion was convinced that there w- there was no battle. This was going to be a siege and it was going to be a bloodbath. There was no back and forth. It didn't matter how many how many soldiers Cersei had or the the golden army or the go- whatever it didn't matter nothing mattered against the dragon and again i think this is another plot hole that really upset me in the first couple of, of episodes this season you know the dragons flying on a cloudy day can't or on a clear day can't see Euron Greyjoy sitting in the bay in Blackwater Bay like shooting missiles at them basically we lose a dragon but you know a week later a week later, there, you know, with one dragon, she's able to wipe out all the weapons, the entire navy, all of like she's able to destroy everything, right? And I think that was, you know, part, probably more poor writing than anything else. But it just didn't make sense, and it's like the Thursday night football effect. It was like they were coming off the Battle of Winterfell. Maybe the dragons really did need to heal. If you recall, I think in episode three, I think it was Sansa actually that that was telling Danny like the men need to rest. The dragons too; they haven't eaten, so maybe maybe that factors in a little bit. It just felt kind of sloppy, but all of a sudden, I mean, the dragon was—I mean, he was invisible. Like they couldn't—they couldn't touch the dragon, right? And 
I mean, destroyed the fleet in like 15 seconds. It was actually almost anticlimactic. She just went in there and destroyed everything. And then we obviously get to the stare down outside the wall. Um, I mean, did the dragon bit bother you at all? Because it's, you know, it's been kind of irking me. And then there's like, and Peter, our boy Peter has been like, well, there was a fourth dragon initially. And maybe that dragon's out having babies and there's going to be more dragons coming in. I'm actually really happy that didn't happen. But the dragon bit just wasn't my favorite. I mean, I, I think the two things that uh, have uh, really shown us this last season is that the internet comes up with a lot more conspiracy theories than the actual writers of Game of Thrones are interested in actually doing. So there's been all these rumors and predictions or whatever, and the writers are actually playing it pretty safe. Um, and, and, and I think that kind of shows in these last episodes where it's been very predictable. I mean, you can predict what's happening before it happens. And that's never been a staple of Game of Thrones. It's actually been the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's why the show grew so popular in the beginning because of how unpredictable it was. And so, again, I think a product of getting ahead of the books. Um, well, I mean, at this point, so that, at this point, it doesn't seem like, uh, like R.R. Martin's going to finish these books. I think he's, I think he's dug himself yeah, into a creative hole as well. You know, like, I don't think he actually stands to to make anything by finishing the books. He's better off just leaving it untold or maybe or maybe hiring like a series of writers to to put like different endings on the story like what does he gain from actually finishing the book the books i don't know yeah i don't know if he will but i'll tell you something else that this episode showed me you might disagree with is Tyrion sansa calls him the 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 what is the wisest man or the shrewdest man in all of westeros i mean he continues to make blunder after blunder after blunder i mean he's not a good hand He's not a good hand. The fact that he hasn't seen this coming from Danny, the fact that he's seen it and continues to deny it. But then the other dummy that it showed is really Jon Snow. I mean, Jon Snow, for all of his great warrior qualities, is a big dum-dum when it comes to actually playing. I don't want it. I don't want it. He always feels like he's got a cough. Why can't he just get it out of his throat, okay? (laughs) But uh, that's what this showed, is, is both of those guys, all the power that they wield, couldn't reveal to them what they knew was right in front of them. It really showed them, are, are they capable of, of taking the Iron Throne from her? Uh, they're just clueless. But, and where's Bran? Uh, Bran is a terrible <laughs> character. I don't want anything to do with Bran. Bran but but coming. that exact point you just made is why I think I think Sam will could potentially end up on on the throne. I think John somehow gets uh, in and he's like, do? I, I mean, well, because he wait, because he's large. No, I mean he can do he's it. A large guy. He's, he's a large guy. Maybe he can size. fit in it. It's it's been customized for Cersei's butt. But look, there's a. I think there's a scenario where John becomes the the heir, kills the Mad Queen, and then says, "I don't want it," and just appoints someone to run it. Maybe, maybe I, I could be wrong. But uh, one one last thing in that 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 chunk of the episode, basically, uh, Danny tries to like reseduce John. John can't do it, right? Because it's his aunt. Uh, would you be able to uh, make things happen if Danny was your aunt? I, he's a big dum dum. Okay, like I said, I, 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 I wouldn't be seduced by five point two opening scene, Cersei. But once she got back to nine and a half, uh, uh, Cersei, I, I'm in yeah. love with Cersei. I that was a Freudian slip. Okay? She, might, she might be the best actress or actor in the entire show. Oh Incredible. man! And, and Although she watch, spent this entire watch, season basically just looking out a window, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but you know, <laughs> other than that, yeah, she's done a great job the whole course. When of you show. look at old episodes, old episodes, young Cersei is just 
I mean, she's a 10. If Danny's a nine and a half, she's a 10. Okay. Where's Sansa? So, Where's new Sansa? New Sansa's up there. Okay. She's an eight, seven. She gets the iron throne and nine, six, but redheads on a curve, right? <laughs> I know how you grade, sir. I, know I, how I don't know if that's a euphemism. I don't know if that's a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's just a straightforward comment. Are, All right. are you are you gonna get to? The, are you gonna further this along here? Yeah. So we'll keep going through it. Arya and the Hound arrive. The battle, of course, has begun. Jamie's trying to sneak in. Uh, I think a lot of that just kind of converges all into one. Um, you know, the battle begins. The battle essentially ends. The bells ring. I don't know who's ringing the bell. I don't know who gave the order to ring the bell, but that should be the end of the the scene. And the soldiers. Basically, the, the the northern army runs into uh, Cersei's soldiers. They they drop their they drop their swords and weapons, and everybody thinks like for a moment like okay, like Tyrion actually made this happen. Like he, it was we're good to go here. Danny then sets the whole city on fire. The Unsullied start throwing spears, and and John gets caught in this like moral dilemma of like who's the actual enemy at this point, right? Like he's trying to get his guys to stop fighting. There's a scene where where uh, a woman is about to get you know. Uh, or raped and he has to kill one of his own guys basically like it, it, everything just like the 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 more the morality of the moment just completely flips and it's you know it's basically john i think that's that's when john finally sees you know not that power corrupts but like she can't i mean danny can't be trusted period she wanted revenge so bad and there was a nice little piece and i don't know if you caught it the wildfire that was that was scattered throughout the city by danny's father which is the yep. reason he was killed to begin with, started going off at different points. I thought that was like absolutely brilliant. That was old Game of Thrones stuff that we would see and be like, oh, damn, Like, look how they connected all these dots. Um, but like you said, keeping it moving, Arya and the Hound have a great exchange. I mean, Arya has a couple really great exchanges. Um, coming into the, the camp where uh, Jamie's being held, she says, you know, my name is Arya Stark and I'm here to, king, to kill the queen. Um, pretty badass scene, pretty badass little line. She moves on. And then as I, as I talked about before, I, I love that scene between Jamie and, and Tyrion. I thought it was super well done. Um, and ultimately Tyrion convinces Jamie, Hey, go in there, get her to, there's not going to be a battle. It's already over. It's done. You've got to get out. You got to save her and yourself and her, yourself and your kid. Um, the kid with, you know, with Cersei, but anyway, Arya and the Hound have this great exchange in that I forget the name of that hall with with the with the map on the floor, but the Hound the basically, for- yeah, I mean he sure he he basically grabs her and says like, do you want to end up like me? And in that moment, I think we see the Hound come full circle. Like the he has feel not not like like sexual feelings, but he cares for 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 Arya. Like and he's they've been through a lot together, a lot. And this, and she turns to him basically at the end and says, you know, thank you, and then realizes she's got to go from the center of the city to get out while he's moving forward to go find the hound, uh, the the mountain. Uh, I, I love that scene. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I, I, I thought it was cool how much action happened in the map room, that, that room that was uh, so iconic in the earlier scenes, earlier seasons, watching, you know, Jamie and, and Cersei, uh, yeah, Jamie and Cersei in, in former ep- in episodes and former seasons, strategizing, talking about how where they're going to invade, things like that. I thought it was really cool to see that room uh, kind of come full circle um, and, and, and be such an instrumental part. So like you said, there are little things that Game of Thrones did to remind us of the good old days, but there wasn't enough of it last night. That To me, it's a good show that used to be an epic show. 
Yeah, it's Barcelona, right? They used to be a great team, and now they're a, they're a sure. good team with a great player in Messi. I know this is not your thing at all, but that's fine. Yeah. Um. You, okay, but uh, did you have any thought around Cersei being delusional as she stood at the Red Keep, basically talking about, no, we can get them, and Euron was able to kill a dragon, he'll get another one. Any Any thought about her basically losing her mind at the end there? No, I mean, I think it was um, it was cool to see. I mean, her her. I mean, that that was who she was. I mean, she was was kind of till her till her last breath, believing in what she was doing. I mean, um, seeing her break down in front of Jamie, I thought was really cool. I think just that was where she became, you know, old good old Cersei, which is good because. But she was insane. <laughs> she was good incestual Cersei. How about that? Uh, yeah, you know, where yeah. she went back to being who she was, who she loved this man, you know, madly and just wanted to live with him, be with him. That was the old Cersei who had nothing. And of that was, and that was the that. old Jamie. Although, again, the sloppy writing here, it's like we forget that Cersei didn't just send Braun last week to kill Tyrion and Jamie, right? So. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not, I understand it's a show, but like literally that just happened last week, right? Last couple of things here in the show, we get Euron Greyjoy and Jamie fighting on the beach. I think that entire scene was kind of yeah. throwaway. I think Jamie should have, should have, you know, while, while Euron was dying, should have told him like, hey, by the way, the kid's mine. Um, you're not actually the king. That didn't happen. We get the the mountain versus the hound, which you alluded to already. I love that part as well when Cersei just kind of walks past the whole thing. She's like, "This isn't my fight. I'm done. Let me get. Let me figure out where I'm going from here." She's literally by herself, and then she sees Jamie. And I personally thought that the Jamie that was going to Cersei in that map room, I thought it was Aya. Like I, I thought it was Arya. I think that I I thought she put on his face. He died somewhere else on the steps. But then she touches the blood, whatever. Okay, it's actually Jamie. They go downstairs. They're trying to escape. How fitting that all the exits are gone and they're finally boxed in. Jamie grabs her, says, like, all that matters is us. And then, you know, we watch uh, basically, uh, I mean, the, the building collapses on them. Like, they're, they're dead. They're, they're finished. Um, and then, obviously, the, the episode ends with, uh, with, with Arya riding out on a white horse. And, you know, everybody starts to speculate now that she's also seen what the mad queen is is capable of doing and you know and they they kept panning back to that mother and child embracing that were burned by the by the dragon fire mm-hmm. um like i think it's pretty clear i i think it's pretty clear that we're going to get probably arya killing i think it's going to be arya that takes out danny i don't think john will be able to do it maybe danny takes out john right and this is kind of the maybe that's another conspiracy right maybe she she realizes that he's always going to be a threat to her she takes him out Arya maybe puts on John's face and takes her out. I don't know, but I think the the working synopsis of somehow Tyrion and Sansa ending up on the throne, like it's kind of picking up steam, and I think it makes a little bit of sense. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, any thoughts on the on the end of the show? I know you were big on the mountain. We've been waiting for Mountain vs. Hound for a while. I don't think that scene disappointed, mm-hmm. even though it was it was not very long. I think it was very very well done. I love that. that literally the the. Everything is burning down and collapsing around them, and they have like all they care about is killing each other. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was perfect. Yeah, I mean I, that was a great scene. I think the end of it. You're right. I think they're setting up Arya, which again is kind of annoying because Game of Thrones doesn't need to set up something. Okay, they don't need cliffhangers 
and all that. I mean, they're alluding to, you know, if Arya kills Danny in a in a in a you know, relatively straightforward way, it'll be so predictable, and 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 so that would kind of be such a disappointment, right? This this amazing kind of epic show that we've watched over eight seasons to end in such a predictable way. So my hope is, I think what you just described would be really cool. I think if Danny kills John, Arya takes face, kills Danny, and then gives the throne to her sister Sansa, and Sansa, you know, falls in love with Tyrion again, and Sansa becomes like the the striker while Tyrion and Sansa sit and reign and Arya over can be a the knight's guard, the the king's watch, or whatever that yeah, that, like, exactly, exactly. Is. Like, something's got to happen here. Anything would be honestly anything would be better than than how the Night King went out. Um, you know, I don't exactly. want to dwell on it, but that was terrible. Like we've been building up this nemesis for what six, seven years now, with all the crazy symbols and the body parts on the wall, all that, and we get no resolution to any of that. At least here, we're going to get a resolution. Nothing could be worse than that. And remember, it's not about killing Danny; it's about killing Danny and Drogon. Yeah. Which... So if 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 you just kill Danny, you're in trouble. Well, except John is also a Targaryen. And can command. Well, that's he can fly around on it too. Right. My point is, if you're going to kill the Targaryens, you better kill the the dragon too. Yes. Yes. One last question, Stevie, and we'll put a bow on this. At the end of the episode, is it soot or snow coming down in King's Landing, all around them? It looked like snow, but it's probably soot. Yeah, I think I think it would be cool if it was snow. No, we're done with fact- no. Okay, I don't know how we're, it factors we're, we're, we're in. Done with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how any of it factors in. To be honest, we, winter ain't coming anymore. Unless it's Bran the whole way, right? And somehow Bran becomes the Night King, and I don't know. He's a terrible character. Uh, you're, I'm, you're, I'm over with him. Spending, I'm done with you're spending too much time on the internet here. I am. I'm way down the Reddit rabbit hole. Yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> do you have a prediction? Like who who's your who's your guy or gal to end up on the throne? Or do they uh, all die? Or is it Braun? Because Braun again, Braun was he he got he got to Winterfell in like two minutes, and then he was completely absent from this episode. You got to fact, you got to figure he's going to come be coming back. I I, I think I, I think it's Jon Snow. If the Hollywood guys are writing it, it's Jon Snow. If George R R Martin is writing it, it's Sansa or Tyrion. All right. Well, next week we find out. Next week is going to be bittersweet in many ways. But uh, honestly, if if this show had continued with the writing in season eight, I, I probably, I certainly the 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 fanatics would have would fall off the wagon because it's just not very good by comparison. Seasons one through four, that the House of Cards element, the political, the politicizing, the depth of the characters. Remember how much time they spent in Dorne. With the dude that eventually yeah. went to Narcos, oh, yeah. over in over in Martell, yeah, yeah, like so much depth to these characters and story. Um, well, and we, and uh, that, we had that other redhead, uh, that other smoke show. Um, Ygritte. No, she was the wildling. the The one, the other one that was yeah. going to marry Tommen. Oh, uh, Ilya, Ilya, no, not Ilya Martell is her sister, but uh, you know Martell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. You know, Ygritte and Jon Snow are married in real life. I do. I do know that. And and. and Oh, give me, give me your juice. There was, uh, there's a, there's uh, Jamie and the Jamie in real life, and there's a, I'm blanking on the the other actor. Uh, it might be Sansa. They they refuse to be in in like any episode, any scenes together ever throughout the entire show. I gotta go back and check that. They were anti each other. Like they actually hate each other in real life, so they were never in scenes oh. together. 
like yeah. WWF. Uh, it, the, well, the good news for you is there is a prequel coming. I don't know if you know that HBO is launching yes. the show of the prequel events to what happened before Robert's Rebellion or up to Robert's But if Rebellion. the writing is like this, I'm not, I, I may be a, a very passive observer of the no, show. Well, well, they got the, they have the books. The I know. Cover that. But if it's adapted, I mean, the, the delta between seasons one through four, five, six, seven, and eight is just absurd. But anyway, Stevie, thanks for making time. Uh, next time you and I chat, we got to talk about the Nats and uh, oh. whether one Mad Max will be traded away from the team. Um, oh, okay. You, you can you can roll your eyes at me, but that's the right thing to Hope do. Sit on point. the throne before he gets it's, traded. It's the right thing to do. It's the only way to get to get some value back. Are you still on the Davy train I, here? I, Oh no no no! I'm off the Davy train. Okay. I don't think Davy's mom is on the Davy yeah. train. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's... I'm still on the Rizzo train, which some people are getting off, but that's uh, not here, not there. I appreciate you not bringing up basketball too. Uh, I will not. But did you do you know what happened yesterday? I I heard wars and rumors of wars. Okay, I'll fill you in offline then. Thank you, Stevie. For those listening, this has been DTC, the Game of Thrones recap show. We have one episode next uh, week to put a wrap on the entire thing. For Stevie, my name is Joe. You can find us across all media platforms, all podcast platforms, on social media, and on the internet as well at Defeating the Curse. Thank you so much for listening. We are out.